Welcome to Good Enough-ish. I'm Brooke Forey. And I'm Amanda Jefferson. We are two organization-loving friends sharing tips, strategies, real-life experiences, and fails of trying to be good enough-ish at everything we juggle in life. I own Indigo Organizing. I help busy people simplify their lives at home and at work. I co-own Curious & Company Creative, a branding design firm, and I created the Balance Bound Planner that helps you get organized and prioritize self-care. You can find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish, and you can find the show notes over at goodenoughish.com. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498. So let's start the show. Let's do it. Hey, listeners, Amanda will be back to join the podcast next week. In the meantime, I have one more wonderful guest co-host to share with you. Please enjoy my conversation with Lauren Wolf. Hello and welcome, Lauren, to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me, Brooke. So glad to be here. We are so excited to have you. Um, You have been a longtime listener. I have been a longtime listener. I love the term listener. Thank you. (laughs) Super fun to say. It's so funny because you also have a podcast and I was actually catching up on your podcast earlier and you were referencing your listeners and I was like, I don't even know how to say the word correctly now. (laughs) Yes. And when I reference listeners, it's hard for me to say because I want to say <laughs> listeners, but since my podcast is called Your Zen Friend, I call our listeners Zen Friends, so I have to keep it all straight. Yeah, I love it. Well, so tell our listeners a little bit more about you. You are Lauren Wolf. Tell us mm-hmm. what you do and where you're from. Sure. So I live in Newtown, Connecticut. I mm-hmm. am a mom of two now, can't believe it, young adult children. My daughter is 20 and a junior in college. My son is 18 and a senior in high school. The days are long, but the years are short. Mm-hmm. And I work as a licensed mental health therapist. I'm getting over a cold, so I'm sorry. It feels like I'm a little like... I don't know, like a cross between Peter Brady getting puberty <laughs> and like Demi Moore over here. Um, but yeah, Demi so- Moore, <laughs> you sound great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, I work as a therapist mainly with children and teens. And so always parenting is a part of that because I never work with kids without also supporting parents. Mm-hmm. You know, you only see kids for a short period of time each week and they need help to generalize the tools that they need to use, even if it's not really an issue that's coming from like the family system, they still need parent support. So I love my work as a therapist and I do have a podcast called Your Zen Friend. And I started that as really just a way to give back to parents. It's really targeted for parents of tweens and teens who want less conflict and more zen in their lives is my catchphrase. I've got a weekly episode and also each week I have a short guided meditation. So I feel like in my work as a therapist, I've really discovered two things for more enjoyment in parenting. And that is that you have to make and keep healthy connections with your kids, Mm -hmm. even when you want to strangle them (laughs) and you have to take care of yourself. And that isn't just like facials and hot baths, although sometimes it is, but really like setting good, healthy limits and boundaries with your kids and with just the other people in your life. So yeah, that's what I do for fun. 
Well, and I have to say, I'm very inspired by your relationship with your kids. I mean, I feel like, um, your daughter has been featured on your podcast a couple of times and I was just listening to, uh, your most recent one with her about like slang terms and just, I'm very inspired by the connection you two have. I mean, my kids are now 11 and eight and, you know, obviously totally different phase. Like you're coming at us from the other side. And, uh, it's just really great to see that you can have fun together and, you know, have that banter and joke around. But I can also tell that, um, you know, you don't let them walk all over you. You I'm sure have set limits as a parent and you've had your moments with them, but it's just, it's really, it's inspiring to see your relationship with Lena now, um, on the other side of the teen and tween years, because I now have a tween. It's yeah. It's dicey business. And just, (laughs) you know, I think one thing I know we're going to talk maybe a bit more about parenting a little Mm -hmm. later on, but I will just say that one thing that has always frustrated me is that when you read parenting books by quote unquote experts, they maybe will say things like, look, nobody does this perfectly, but they're not really forthcoming with how they screw up. Yeah. And so it's true. That's one thing that I'm really honest about in my podcast to say, like, here's a horrible thing I said, or here's something I did. Like, no, don't do this. <laughs> I'm not modeling by example, but I'm just being honest to say we're all human beings and none of us will do this perfectly. And I do, oh, I love my kids both so much. I would die for them. Lena and I have a beautiful relationship. And also last night, the two of us, I thought we were going to murder each other. Like, <laughs> it is not always like that either. I'm so happy she plays along on the podcast. My son has yet to join in. Um, (laughs) but in full transparency, yeah, I'm certainly not a perfect parent. Yeah. And, and none of us are. And so, yeah, like you said, we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in our second segment. We're going to dive into some good enough-ish parenting, which, you know, as you know, Amanda and I are always trying to figure it out. So it'd be nice to hear from an actual professional. (laughs) Who's also trying to figure it out, right? Exactly. I think exactly. the only perfect parent is someone who actually has no children because yeah. it's oh, absolutely. really easy to know what to do when you don't have to do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I definitely was like, oh my, I, my kids will never buy that cafeteria lunch. Uh, oh guess who buys lunch every yeah. day? Cause I'm like, yep, sounds good. Uncrustable and <laughs> like a breadstick. They don't even give them fruits and vegetables. I'm like, it's oh fine. We balance it out enough at home. Totally. So yeah. Yeah. Live They'll be life. fine. We ate worse when we were younger. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. But, um, you know, it's funny when we, we got in our little recording, virtual recording studio here and we were chatting and I like briefly showed you my nails because I really need to report back to listeners that, and I don't know, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast, but in our Facebook group, which you are an active, wonderful conversation starter there, Love it. um, a friend of mine, you know, we had a thread going about nails and like Amanda's talked about how she's just doing, it's the SE gel line, but it's like a good neutral that if it starts to chip, it's not as obvious, but my friend Emily in the group recommended the Olive and June stick on nails from Target. And I've tried them like once before and within a day or two, they come off. I'm like really hard on my hands. Mm -hmm, I granted it's not like the holidays. I'm not packing a million orders every day. So 
you know, situationally, these have lasted a little bit longer, but I am on day eight and I have not lost a single nail. And here was Emily's tip was that once you put them on, Mm -hmm. and these are the ones that come in the regular, there's like, there's ones that come in a rectangular box that come with like the little sticky tabs that you actually put on your nail before Mm -hmm. you put on the fake nail. And then there's a round box that comes with glue. So this was the rectangular box just in case anyone's shopping at Target for these. Mm-hmm. And I think they were 7 or $8. And her tip was once you get them on and like give them a good, you know, 10 minutes or to an hour to like settle, <laughs> settle onto your nails is to then trim them. So even though I got the short version of them, mm-hmm. um, I still went in and like trimmed them even shorter. And that has made a world of difference and like... They look look like you had a professional manicure. I know. I am am blown away. I can't believe it. And I didn't even realize that Olive and June had a line at Target. I thought you had to order those. No. So they do have, I think, some of their regular nail polishes too. I don't know if they have like the full kit. I haven't... I haven't got sucked into the full kit because I know that's going to, then I'm going to spend $60 on a nail kit and then I'm going to want to change all my nail polish. But, um, I will say, I don't know that I'm going to partake in these super regularly, but now that I've tried them, like if I know I'm going on a trip or going somewhere fancy, which never happens, but if it does, because I'm a mess with like when I paint my nails, they always get nicked because I cannot sit still for an hour and let them dry. No. So. So that's my hot tip for today. They look amazing. And I'm thinking about, do you remember Lee Press-On Nails? Oh, sure. So I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 51. When I was in high school, I remember my friend Sally and I got Lee Press-On Nails at CVS. Mm -hmm. And we were fancy. We also were like smoking those little skinny cigarettes because we thought we were rebels. Disgusting. (laughs) And we were losing them all over Sally's car. And then we went to... Jordan Marsh to try and close. And then I remember they were getting stuck inside of the shirts. We were Oh my gosh. They didn't last more than three minutes till those things kept falling off. So yeah. this is, this is amazing. This is big news. It's yeah. all about this, this little sticky tab, let it sit and then cut them a little shorter. If you like shorter nails, like obviously I, I, I don't. I do. So yeah. yeah, but, um, so anyway, that's the hot tip for today. All what right. else is going on over there? I know you I mentioned that maybe it. you had something to add to our denim discussion, which has been oh, ongoing I here do. for several episodes. Which I love. And I'm going to need an update, Brooke, because I I am petite, quote unquote petite. I'm 5'1". I used mm-hmm. to be 5'1 and a half. Like I don't <laughs> even want to go there. But that is very upsetting that I'm already losing inches. Um I'm going to say something that is going to be controversial because I know a lot of people won't get behind it, but I'm going to say low rise for life. And I I cannot get behind it. (laughs) Like, but not the super low rise, like late nineties, early two thousands. Pretty low rise. I love me some low rise. I have like curvy rounded hips and a big old butt. And for me... (laughs) The low rise are the only way to go because if I try wearing the high-waisted pants, mm-hmm. my butt looks like it's a mile and a half long. Like oh my I need gosh. to just cut it off. <laughs> well, and I think I will say that's one thing that I love about 
there being so many options for jeans now, yeah. because for a while, like all you could find was skinny jeans. And that's when yes. we were really into skinny jeans. And I'm sure they had the different rises. And I've always been kind of like more of a medium rise, but I really don't have hips. And so okay. a low rise jean just falls off of uh, me, which is not attractive. <laughs> so like, while I don't love the super high rise, I have a very specific waistline that I need yeah. to meet. So my pants aren't always falling down. Um, so I will right. say, you know, even though I can't get behind the low rise, it totally makes sense that obviously yeah. we all have different bodies and the totally. different bodies are going to require different rises and legs. And so that is one thing I'm trying to embrace about there being so many options right now. Although I feel like it's pretty hard to find the low rise. Like yeah. I used to be able to find at the gap, they had something called curvy and that worked really well for me, but they don't tend to have it now. Mm. And I feel like I'm old enough to be confident in, I know this is what looks best on me, Yeah. but I just have trouble finding it. And so that's, I just don't have that many pairs of pants right now. It's yeah. An issue. I know yeah. it's frustrating. I mean, you know, I've been going through my journey and yes. yesterday I actually, I got out every pair of jeans and as I go through them and like try them on with different outfits, some of the older ones might get added to the, um, you know, the donate pile, mm -hmm. but I found, I'm like, well, you know what? Some of the skinny jeans are still going to work with the mm -hmm. Chelsea boots that I got. Cause a friend of mine sure. the other day had on her Chelsea boots with like, not quite a skinny jean, but more of a straight leg. And she had them rolled up a little bit. And I was like, okay, that is the look I'm going for. So I got organized. I wrote on my, um, I have the little velvet hangers and I wrote oh, yeah. like wide leg, boot cut, skinny oh. jeans. And I organized them by fit. And so I'm like, maybe this will just help me feel a little less overwhelmed by all the different varieties and have a little bit more direction when I'm like, okay, I'm wearing this shirt that is more fitted. So I need a wider leg. Which one should I try? So I don't know. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to embrace it while keeping in mind that like, I know what looks good on me and I, I'm not trying to be a Gen Z, like right. super high rise, whatever, like, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, you know, but I hope, but I did hear that low rise are coming back. So hopefully you'll be able to so. snag a few pairs. I feel like I've been hearing that for a while, but I still can't find them. So I'm hoping, but I hear you. I don't want to look like I'm trying to be a teenager. I went to a Janet Jackson concert last year. Mm. Love me some Janet Jackson. So yeah. excited. I realized I, you know, I don't really go out very much. So I was like, what am I going to wear to this? So I turned to my then 19 year old daughter for some help. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Look in that drawer. I've got lots of tops. Cause you know, we wear a similar size. They were all crop tops. I'm like, mm -hmm. I cannot go out in a crop top. That's crazy. <laughs> so I definitely, I want to look like I'm of this era for sure, right. but not like I'm what I'm thinking of the mom in what was it? Mean girls, right? Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Yeah. Exactly. I love that, that is not what I'm aiming for. Yeah. Definitely not. No. So yeah, but definitely I think it's important that we find clothes that we feel good in. Absolutely. Like yeah. you said, um, yeah. So low rise don't work for you and you need a certain rise. We need to wear what we feel good in. Absolutely. Now, how are you handling the weather up there in New England? Because it's almost March here and like, I know that the seasonal depression kind of hits us all, but you're even further yeah. north than we are. So how are you managing? 
Well, not super well. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I am ready for spring. I find that February for me is just the toughest month. Yeah. I actually don't overall mind winter. I like the aspect of kind of hunkering down and not feeling pressure to like pull the weeds in my garden, or we have like a small koi pond in the backyard mm. that I'm always like battling weeds. So it's kind of nice that I don't have to do that, but also I'm just missing the sun. Yeah. How about, yeah. How about you? Yeah. I mean, I will say it's going to be a little warmer here this week. The sun was shining this morning. Um, when we left for our morning walk, it was a little chilly, but I swear even in just that half hour that it takes us to take our walk, um, I was like, oh, it feels warmer right now than it did when we walked out of the house. So I had a little bit more of a pep in my step. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely ready for spring. But then the funny thing about spring and summer is like, I love the weather so much more, but then I'm like, I just figured out how to wear all the winter clothes. <laughs> you know, like I always like forget how to dress myself all of yeah. a sudden when the season changes. So I'm sure I'll be coming back here to complain all about the jeans all over again in a totally different context. But, um, but yeah, I am, I am ready. I feel like we had some, you know, my kids are at an age where it's like they can go play in the snow by themselves outside, nice. which has been yeah. so fun mm -hmm. to like, let them just kind of go do their thing. And I don't have to be with them every moment. Um, but we have also gone sledding a few times and we've, you know, had fun sledding together. So I feel like we got all the wintry things taken care of. Check. And check. And now <laughs> we can move on. So, yeah. you know, I love a checklist. Yeah, yeah, me too. Oh, I do love me a good checklist. Yes. Yeah. Also, one reason why I love your planner. I love how you can check off the items that you do. Thank Fantastic. you. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the best part. I write things down Absolutely. after I did them so I can check yeah. it off. Oh, 100%. I do yeah. too. Yeah. Love now, are checklist. you going anywhere like fun for, so your son is still in mm -hmm. high school, right? He is, so spring yeah. break. We don't have anything planned. And honestly, we have had some pretty lame spring break trips in the past. We are not known for really bringing the fun during spring break. And this Same. year we've got nothing. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're doing, um, last year we stayed at this hotel in Lancaster, which is like an hour drive from us, mm -hmm. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And, um, my kids thought it was the greatest place they had ever been to. And, Nick and I looked at each other. We're like, you remember we went to Disney World, right? <laughs> like, you know, spent a small fortune on that. But oh, they loved yeah. this hotel so much. They found out that some of the rooms have bunk beds. Mm -hmm. And so this year I got on it a little earlier. I just booked two nights at this hotel. There's an indoor heated pool. They have warm cookies in the lobby when you get there. Awesome. They have rooms with bunk beds. And I was like, great. This is costing us like $250 total. It's so that's cheap. Amazing. And um, so that's going to be our spring break adventure so far. It's, you know, I also, I get so stressed out about spring break because, you know, Christmas is over and it's not like, oh, okay, let's start planning our next adventure. No. Parents of kids, my kids' ages, mm -hmm are starting to plan camps. Oh, so it's God. like, I've already like been deep in planning our summer yeah. and paying for our summer. I'm oh, like, gosh, there's nothing left. There's nothing left either in the bank account or my tank mm -hmm. to like think about planning some fancy trip. So we'll make the best of it. We always yeah. do. But, no, I'm yeah. with you. I always felt the same way. It just somehow that spring break week got little attention. We did two years in a row take 
the kids to Springfield, Massachusetts, which is like two hours from us. Okay. And they had these really cool museums. They had, I think it was like a Dr. Seuss museum and Dr. Seuss park. Oh, fun. And same as what you're saying, Brooke, we had a hotel experience with an indoor pool. It was not expensive. We went there for a few days, but I remember the second year, my kids were getting a little bit older and they got wise to like, Hey, some people are going to Costa Rica. Hey, <laughs> this person I know is going to California. Yeah. Like, this isn't that exciting. Um, but honestly, I don't even think we did anything after that. So we just kind of acquiesced and went, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good for them. Not for us. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into a little bit more of our conversation on good enough-ish parenting. So we'll be right back. After the success of her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, Marie Kondo created the KonMari Consultant Program to spread her joy-centered method of organization with as many people as possible. And seven years ago, Amanda, you became one of the first certified KonMari consultants. Humble bestie brag. But I always appreciate a little bestie brag. If you, dear listeners, are also ready to spark joy in your life and the lives of others by becoming a consultant, for the first time in almost five years, you can join Marie Kondo in person in the greater New York area this April. You'll hear exclusive insights and attend a Q&A with the tidying master herself and have your photo taken with Marie. Um, Amanda, let's not forget that attendees will also be able to learn from you live. This is true, Brooke. I am honored to be a course instructor at the live April event. Listeners get the best discount that KonMari offers, which is $300 off regular admission by using code goodenoughish at checkout. Visit events.konmari.com to learn more and use code goodenoughish at checkout to reserve your seat today. Get ready to spark joy while living your best life as a KonMari consultant. And we are back. So Lauren, you work with both kids and parents, right? Like, do you see a difference in how parents are trying to parent in, in your career, just in terms of like social media being so much more prominent, like the, the media in general telling us how to parent, why do we put so much pressure on ourselves is basically my simple question. Yeah, no, it's such a good question. You know, so I started working as a therapist in the late nineties before I even had kids and yeah, it's gotten really different in the last 20 plus years. And I think especially if I think back to, you know, when we were growing up, like eighties, nineties, I remember my mom had one parenting book. It was a Mm -hmm. Dr. Spock book. It was probably mostly for taking care of babies. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Done. (laughs) Right? Done. Your job is done. They can walk now. (laughs) Exactly. You have fed them. And yeah, you will do that because I said so, because I'm a parent. So do it. Do as I've asked. Um, Don't be disrespectful. Don't give me that attitude. And that was like the end of that. But I think it can be super freaking confusing because not only do we have all of these experts on social media, all of these different books, but people give contradictory advice Mm -hmm. and they can be equally qualified, quote unquote, experts 
but then it gets really hard to figure out what to do. Like, you know, my mom had that one Dr. Spock book, but I'm remembering when my daughter was about four or five months old and she would only sleep if she was on me. And I was so sleep deprived and strung out that I was desperately trying to sleep train her. Mm -hmm. And also because I was so strung out, I was not making clear, rational decisions. So I was just lost because I had a book that said, you have to let her cry it out. And I had a book that said, it's psychologically damaging if you let her cry it out, right? So I actually have a picture of myself in my daughter's crib reading like the no cry sleep solution, looking like I was completely strung out and Mm -hmm. so sad because I decided that I was going to get in the crib to make it a nice place for her, get her to sleep, and then thought I was somehow successfully going to get out of the crib. So (laughs) you're like, it'll be fine. It should be fine. And army crawl to the door, right? So yeah, surprisingly that didn't work out. I was going to say, how did it go? (laughs) She actually fell asleep but did wake up as I tried to climb out of the crib. Like <laughs> it was no easy feat. Yeah. Um, but I think in that same way, as, as our kids get older, we have that same thing where we can find all sorts of contradictory advice. I, I just actually saw this with, I think it's Dr. Becky. Mm-hmm. Um, right? She's a big social presence and she's got some really great information, but she was talking about, I think one of her children was anxious going to soccer practice. And I'm not going to get this completely right, but she did something along the lines of saying to them, like, I, I feel that you're, or I see that you're feeling nervous and it's okay to feel nervous and you'll join when you're ready to join and like totally left it up to them mm-hmm. where I was like, you know, actually if that was someone coming into my office, I would advise something more along the lines of, so it's your job right now to be at soccer practice and either I can walk you to the group or you can go on your own. Mm-hmm. You decide, right? Yeah. And I think that neither one of our approaches is right or wrong. No. They are both different ways and probably best fit for a different type of kid. Mm -hmm. So it really comes to the parents using their intuition. And sometimes it can be super overwhelming. It can be. Yeah. And I love that. I love both of those suggestions. Like yours would probably work better for my kids because if I left it up to them and said, you'll play when you're ready, they would never play. You know, it's, it's like, there's, there's a certain amount of uh, encouragement without forcing that a different kid might need. And even the way I parent my two different kids can sometimes be different. Like, unfortunately I'm a little bit more, uh, likely to bribe Paige (laughs) because like she, she loves her hip hop class. She's taking one dance class this year. She's really good at it. She always comes out smiling, but it's at four ten on Wednesdays. Listen, none of us love a hump day. Like we all come home. Like I pick the kids up at the corner at like three 35. I'm like, okay, in the door, go to the bathroom, change your clothes. I'll pack your snack for the car, blah, blah, blah. And like, she doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to get in the car and go. But so I've started kind of bribing her with like, I just packed a brown bag with snacks, Mm -hmm. but I wrote pages dance day survival kit on it. And to her, guess what? It gets her out the door. It gets her in the doors at dance class. And she might whine a little bit on the way there, but it's like 
10 times better than when I thought I was going to have to pull her out of the class. And so there's just different, but like, I don't know that that would have worked with my son. So there's different ways that you have to parent different kids. Um, and there is different advice that is neither right nor wrong, but it's like, you just have to, I think what's been key for me is like, I take in a lot of the content and information and I, granted I've had like 11 years to hone this, but I feel like it's just made me, like you said, trust my intuition better. Like what is going to work out in this situation with this kid and their level of anxiety or frustration or whatever the situation is. But then, like you said, our parents had like the one book, it was Dr. Spock and they had like Sesame street and Mr. Rogers to entertain us with. And you know, Mr. Both of those shows were very revolutionary in terms of, um, recognizing kids emotions in a way that like, maybe our parents weren't raised with that sort of awareness of emotions. And I also feel like I had a slightly different experience because my mom was a teacher. Mm. And so she had a certain kind of actual education for her teaching job that she dealt with kids' behaviors in different ways in the school setting that maybe she brought home um, to me and my brother that like my friend's parents weren't treating them that way. So it's just all to say that like, we're all going to screw them up somehow. Absolutely. We <laughs> like totally it's are. just, which way are we going to screw them up? Right. A hundred percent. Right. Yes. And I think always like, even when I'm working with clients and I'm coming up with strategies to help them, I do my best to say, you have to follow your own intuition. So if ever I'm strategizing and coming up with something that doesn't feel right to you. You get to make the call. You are the parent. It's your call. Um, And I think just empowering parents to find what's right for them. So you can read different parenting books or watch different parenting experts, take what lands and just leave the rest. Yeah. One thing that I really work on is like, I mean, as we've discussed, nobody's perfect. I try really, really hard, but I have my moments where I'm like, just clean up the crap I asked you to clean up and stop arguing with me. You know, like I'm done trying the nicey, nice strategies. I'm done. You know, there's times where I'm just like, if you whine one more time, I'm going to take that stuffy and throw it out. (laughs) I don't say it, but I feel it. And, but I've also really learned how to step away from the situation and let them feel their feelings and let myself feel my feelings and come back and say, you know, I'm sorry I talked to you that way. Like I've learned to repair. And I think that that's something that's much more common with our generation of parents, Gen X and millennial parents, like, because I don't think our parents ever, you know, came back and said, you know, let's sit down. I'm sorry the way I spoke to you. I'm. Do you find in your experience, has that even changed over the last 20 something years that parents are more willing to repair? Yes. And is there, is there a true benefit in that? Do you feel? There's so much benefit. I would so much rather a parent show their kid that they are human, that they have big emotions, that sometimes they lose it. And when they do, they will take accountability, sit down with them and say, I am so sorry. I was angry earlier. What I said came from anger. I love you. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I would much Mm -hmm. rather that because here's what's going to happen otherwise. 
Their parents going to be perfectly perfect in every way, never lose their cool. The kid's going to go off to college, have a crazy roommate because didn't we all have one of those and have no idea how to navigate it Mm -hmm. or have a teacher that makes them feel uncomfortable and not know how to navigate it or have a partner, a boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Who Mm -hmm. they don't know how to navigate things with, or they aren't being shown how to repair. So it's going to be that much harder for them to learn how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. Like you're not just apologizing and and modeling repairing, but you're showing them what a healthy relationship looks like that. Yes, we all lose our cool, but if you can't come back and right your wrongs or just admit that you weren't in the best place, then that's where the problem can devolve into, you know, into something else. A hundred percent. I was once teaching a parenting class and my daughter was like, probably like seven or eight at the time. And I was sharing an example with them. I had like, I think I had like four couples there. And I shared that that morning she had said to me, I hate you. And I was sharing that that's what we call revenge seeking. It often happens when we say no and our kids aren't getting what they want and they'll lash out and try to hurt us. So one of the parents said, what did you say? And I was like, oh, shoot. Do I tell them what I should have said or do I tell them what I said? Yeah. So I was like, oh, I can't like gaslight this group of parents. It's not okay. So I was like, I said... I hate you too. Don't say that. That is not okay. Like I feel it in my stomach, Brooke, as I share it now, how awful that was. Of course, my daughter was shocked. Of course, I felt awful. I did some deep breathing for like probably 30 seconds and Mm -hmm. then said, I am so sorry. I didn't mean that. Yeah. I mean, we're all human and none of us are going to be perfect. And I think, you know, we all have different ways that we react. I have a friend, one of my best friends, when she gets really upset with her kids, she'll just cry. That's what happens to her. Whereas when I get really upset, I get reactive. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's terrible, that that's like leading from a childish part. It's joining them in their dysregulation, right? It's like you think of emotional dysregulation where your kid is like yelling and screaming. And then you're like, stop yelling. And then you start yelling and screaming, right? Yeah. That is not helpful, (laughs) but we're human and that can be my go-to. So Mm -hmm. I've worked really, really hard to not do that, to just say, I need to take a break and walk away. Um, but also I'm human. So when I don't do that perfectly, I come back, I apologize. Yeah. And I think like what you're saying about being reactive, Like I think sometimes where, and not to generalize, but from what I've seen and the friends I've talked to, um, sometimes, you know, in, in a family where there's a mother and a father, the mom is looking to teach about the real world in terms of here is a situation I'm going to respond to you calmly. And from that, you're going to learn how to handle difficult situations when you're older. And sometimes the dad in the family might feel like, well, they have to learn how people really are. They have to learn, uh, not tough in like a tough love way, but we all come from like very different places on how that child is going to 
actually learn how to cope in the real world. And I don't think that there's a right or wrong way, but I think that it's our job to often be the one to hold it together. And that's really, really hard to convey to someone that I can be the one that holds it together and teach them that not everyone in the world is going to react to them like this when they're angry. But my job is to teach this child at their age right now because they're emotionally dysregulated and their brain isn't fully developed. And that doesn't mean that they're going to expect everyone to be kind to them all the time when they're in their thirties. No, it's, it's teaching them emotional regulation versus Mm -hmm. anger and, and that adults can get so angry that that's normal. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm going here. (laughs) No, I think I understand what you're saying. Right. Because that is also always my goal to come from a place of love and a place of what I would call self-leadership where, you know, I'm able to recognize my kid is responding in a kid way with an underdeveloped brain coming from their point of view. And I need to, you know, I can set a loving limit and boundary, but come from a place of love and not a place of you kids. Yeah. (laughs) Come from a place Um, of teaching. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like that is ideal. And also if we don't always pull it off, I think we can forgive ourselves, model that, apologize and repair. Mm-hmm. You know, I think ultimately if we can have a a good healthy relationship with our kids where they feel safe to talk to us about things that are going on in their life, especially big challenges, that is amazing because otherwise they are going to talk to their peers mm-hmm. and try to figure things out with other people with underdeveloped brains making lots of bad choices. So, <laughs> yes. you know, if we lose it and we can be honest and say, I feel really bad that I lost it. I'm so sorry. You know, and, and also I understand if you're upset with me and that's okay. Take your time. I respect that. If there's something you need from me, let me know. Yeah. Um, that's going to help your kid to keep talking to you. If, you know, and I'll just kind of veer a little bit in that direction too, with that connection to say, if your kids come to you and you are able to listen and not respond from a place of fear, like, oh, well, you shouldn't do that. And you owe this other kid an apology. And, oh, let me tell you right now, I'm, well, if that friend of yours is acting that way, I'm not having him to my house. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those are all ways that will, yep, shut Yeah, you down have to have that straight face. Like, mm-hmm. Tell me that more when you're like hard. inside, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, oh, for the love of God, this is terrifying what you're sharing. Um, yes, but if you can, I say like, remember, remember that movie, The Stepford Wives, and they were all like kind of void of any emotion mm-hmm. whatsoever. You want to be kind of like a Stepford wife and just... <laughs> Oh, like your kids told you this shocking and terrifying thing that they are thinking of doing and like, oh, okay. Like, okay. So what makes you think this is a good idea for you (laughs) rather than, oh my God, you can't do this. Don't you see what could possibly happen? But Mm -hmm. better yet, try to help them think through the consequences. Okay. So what are the pros? What are the cons of that? Yeah. I'm so glad you shared this with me. Mm. And if you really can't help it, if there's something that's really concerning, then say something like, I'm having a part of me that's really concerned. And I'd like to share that with you. 
Yeah. 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 That's going to be my biggest challenge as we like get into middle school next year. And I know that it's just going to be a whole different ball game. And, and, you know, and we're already broaching some of those things with like things that kids say on the playground or whatever. And it's like, oh, you know, just really having to keep my opinion to myself for at least until I can collect my thoughts and then make sure that they have what they need to make a good decision. So it's like, yeah, really just learning to maintain my reactiveness, my reactions and hope that they continue to feel safe coming to us. Yeah. It's hard. And you know, it's hard when you're hearing about something like maybe someone's being mean or unkind to them. But what also is really, really hard is when your kid makes a mistake that hurts somebody else Mm -hmm. and that's, they all do it. And especially now with social media, like once upon a time, you know, if you and Amanda wanted to hang out, just the two of you, but didn't want to include maybe another friend from your friend group, you would, and you wouldn't talk about it and it wasn't a big deal. But now that other friend sees the two of you hanging out on social media, mm-hmm. realizes they weren't invited, maybe asked one of you, oh, you want to do something this weekend? And you said, oh, I can't, I've got family stuff. You know, like there are just so many more challenges for our kids yeah. to navigate and also pitfalls for when they can do things unintentionally that cause hurt to other kids. So yeah, it's just a lot for parents to navigate. <sighs> it's a lot. But like I said, seeing or listening to the relationship that you and your daughter have, yeah. she's, you said 20 or 21 20, now. She'll be 21 next month. Oh my gosh. But like, I can just see that there's a level of like camaraderie and respect, but that you also still are the parent. Like, I do think that there's that fine line of like, you can be friends with your kid, but you still have to, your main role still needs to be parent. Um, totally. cause you know, you hear like, oh, you can't be friend with your friends with your kid. I'm like, yeah. oh, I think that, that that's a nuanced oh, thing. And I'm sure you hard. agree. Yeah. I totally agree. There have been times where my daughter will say, you're my best friend. Aww. And I think part of me thinks, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. And part of me thinks, oh my God, I must be really messing up. You know, so it's, it's hard. But what I tell myself is I'm so glad when she feels that she can come to me and she can trust me and she can talk about things that are personal and challenging. Yeah. And also I never intentionally come to her to meet my own needs. Mm. For that, I go to my friends or my husband. And for me, that makes the balance. Yeah. I think back to, you know, over the years and parents and kids I've worked with, where I think missteps have been taken that are can be very damaging is when parents are trying to get their kids to fill a hole in them or meet mm. one of their needs. And that's very unbalancing for kids. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's a really interesting viewpoint too. Oh, so much to think about, so much to stress about all the time. <laughs> but yeah, you give me hope. And I think um, it is though powerful and important to hear that like, even as a parent of two grown kids, even as a therapist who works with children, like you've made missteps, but a lot of it is in that repair and apology and just like taking what you have and, and continuing to, um, you know, try to maintain a strong relationship moving forward and letting your kids see that you're human because we are. Yeah. Yeah, I think ding, ding, ding. I think that's so important, Brooke. Like, Yeah. yeah, 
at the dinner table say, gosh, you guys, I had the most embarrassing moment today Mm -hmm. and share it, like model your success, model your failure, but in a way where they don't feel like they're responsible for you emotionally, where Uh, you show them like, I can handle it. My, My son, it's funny. My daughter tells me things that sometimes Brooke, I'm like, Oh, I kind of wish I didn't even know that. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then my son, we jokingly call him the caveman because you could ask him a totally open-ended question and get a, huh? And you're like, uh, is that a yes? Is that a no? I'm not really sure what that means, but he's getting ready to go to college next year and Mm. trying to make a decision right now where he goes. And most of the schools are local too that he's choosing from. And one is like a three hour plane ride away. And he said to me, and I can tell he's grappling with, I don't know if I want to be that far away, Mm. but he said to me, I think if I went that far away, you'd be sad. And so I just said, you know, Eamon, I would really miss you. And yeah, there's a part of me that would be sad, but I can totally handle being sad. I'd also be really happy for you if that's what feels best for you. So I think, yeah, be honest. You can let them know. Yeah, I feel feelings, but I can handle my feelings and you're not responsible for fixing them. Oh, that's so good. I'm like, never leave me. I I already, I mean, they know I'm joking, but I'm like, oh no, you're living here forever. Forever and ever. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for giving us all a little pep talk. I would love to hear from our listeners too. I know that I think a lot of our listeners um, are parents and, Mm -hmm. and I'd love to hear the different stories that they have of like the fails or the wins and the lessons that we've all learned with kids of different ages and, and all of the challenges of parenting right now. So um, we will take a short break and we'll be right back. Hey listeners, Amanda here. One of the best ways to support this podcast is by leaving positive ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you're on an iPhone, find that purple podcast app, search for Good Enough-ish, scroll down to the ratings and reviews sections to tap five stars and write your own review. You might even get a shout out on the show. Your support means so much and will help new listeners find us. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. And we are back. So tell us, Brooke, what is sparking (laughs) joy for you? I'm so excited to ask you that. Wonderfully done. That was beautiful. So this is like the silliest little thing, but it has really removed a lot of friction from my life. Um, So it's so funny. When we go to visit my brother and sister-in-law and their kids in Baltimore, I guess I had commented like a couple times that I liked their chip clips, which is like such a, such a random thing to like, but I liked that they had kind of a low profile. They, they were a really nice clip and they didn't stick up too much like the top of the clip because, you know, when things are clipped either in my fridge or in the pantry kind of shelf that we have, we were always just using like clothespins and it drives me nuts when they get caught on something oh, and they yes. come off yeah. or like if I have, you know, a bag of broccoli or something in the freezer and it would come off when I open the drawer and the, like totally. the chip clips were just a point of contention for me. And so I guess my sister-in-law remembered that I had commented on, I liked their chip clips. So this year at Christmas, she gave me a bag of the chip clips oh, how fun! and they're just like a low profile metal clip. And then 
I got what, like six of them. And I was like, I'm going to get rid of every clothespin we have, every rogue chip clip that came from some giveaway. And I'm going to create a uniform system. And I bought this bag of 30 of them for $6.95 on Amazon. Like they're very inexpensive. Why did it take me so long to do this? But I just have to tell you, it's sparking so much joy because it just has made um, my pantry and my freezer especially much more tidy, less likely to lose the clips, Mm -hmm. and they're pretty. I got a colorful batch, Mm -hmm. and I will um, link to them in our show notes, but they are just like a a coated metal, and they came in this pretty multicolor set, and they just make me really happy. That's so funny because we were away in, I can't even remember where we went. We went away this past summer and, oh, Maine. And we went to a dollar store because we didn't have any chip clips with us. (laughs) And it sounds like, I bet they're the same ones. And they work so well. My husband was like, these work way better than the ones we have at home. We got to get more of these. And we did. So I'll be curious to see. Okay. Yeah. I should have sent them to you beforehand. I can't. No, that's okay. I'll check it out later, but. I bet you they are the same thing, but it's just like, I never, I never knew chip clips could bring me joy. But it makes sense because when you reach for like the bag of frozen vegetables and they've now opened and they've spilled and then you've got Mm -hmm. to clean up those little broccoli nubs from the freezer. Absolutely. That just is a pain in the butt. So Been there, done that. Yes. So tell us, Lauren, how you are doing your future self a favor. All right. So this goes along with, I think, this dreary time of year for any Mm -hmm. of us in the Northeast. This I will give my mother credit for because she turned me on to this. Okay. So most of us are probably doing dishes at least once a day. Mm-hmm. We typically have dinner together, you know, very often as a family still at night. So it's just usually me, my husband and son now, mm-hmm. and then I'll help with cleanup. And what I do is I have a pair of those like cheap kitchen gloves that you get at the grocery store. I think they're like latex mm-hmm. and I always keep next to me. I'll show you cause I have some on my desk, this Alba Hawaiian hand and body lotion. It's got cocoa Ooh. butter in it and it's just a nice, like very lightly scented. I don't like really fragrancy things, mm-hmm. lightly scented lotion. Any lotion would work for this. I just put lotion on my hands. I put those gloves on and then I turn that water up till piping hot. And it's like you get a hand treatment because you know how dry hands get if you live in a cold climate and it makes your hands so silky smooth and it feels like a little treat even though you're doing something that's not so enjoyable. Not so glamorous. I love this. And it brings me back a little bit to my Olive and June stick on nails because I did make an effort when I did the dishes in the last week to put on my mm-hmm. dish gloves. My like it, I usually yeah. don't, but then I always complain that my hands are too yes. dry, yada, yada, yada. Yes. So I was like, oh, well, I definitely want to protect these nails. Yep. So I did the rubber gloves, but mm-hmm. I didn't even think to make it like a little self-care moment with the yeah. moisturizer. And okay. if your hands are really dried, like if they are cracked, which happens sometimes, right? In the winter. Oh, yeah. And you get like a nice like body butter or shea butter, like something really kind of greasy, mm-hmm. put that on and then the heat will really help it absorb into your hands. Oh, it's interesting. So nice. mm-hmm. I love this. This is such a way to like turn a little 
like doing the dishes session into something a little self-carry. Yeah. A little nice. And it's nice that it's getting brighter longer, right? So Mm. also I just notice, oh, the sun is still out. That's a nice treat. I know. I've got a window Uh, in front of my sink. So yeah, I know. Embrace, you know, the joy where you can embrace it. I know. I'm so glad that the sun is setting, starting to set a little bit later. And then pretty soon we're going to change the clocks, which like, I hate the act of changing the clocks, but this is the time of year that I really appreciate it um, in terms of staying lighter later, especially like I want my kids to be outside playing and they can't do that if it's dark out. So absolutely not. Great. Well, this is a wonderful tip. And um, yeah, if you have uh, the specific cream that you like, sure, we will link yeah. to that in the show notes, you got as it. well as the rubber gloves, if you have any fancy ones. Yeah, I just get, you know, whatever is cheap, like the yellow or purple ones in yep. that aisle of house cleaner stuff in the kitchen. So nothing, nothing fancy. But before we go, Brooke, I'd love to ask you what mm-hmm. happened with your jeans, I think you had tried some on at Old Navy, yes. found some that you liked, and then ordered the petite size or like the shorter sizes off of the internet. Yes. I ended up returning all of the ones that I had actually bought in store. They they love to see me coming with that giant bag. I and I did, I narrowed it down to, I think I ended up keeping two pairs from the shipment um, of the petite version. So they, as much as like, you know, I know, listen, every store at this point is fast fashion. I know old Navy in particular sometimes gets a bad rap because it's lower priced. And like, Mm -hmm. there's only, there's only so much we can do to save the world. And I do try to only buy things that are, you know, hopefully going to last. And so I know, you know, their, their jeans are cheaper and they're not as high quality, but I do really like that they have the short sizes that are really always the perfect length on me. So they did end up being winners. Um, I did also order a couple of the Lauren Conrad, uh, mm-hmm. jeans from Kohl's mm-hmm. and their short ones were a little better on me, but I think I do still also have to trim them to make them like the right length, which is fine with the raw edge or, or maybe I'll get them hemmed. Um, but yeah, those, the old Navy short style works for us petite gals. Yeah. I'm going to try this. It's a good tip. I like it. Okay. All right. And hopefully they have some low rise for you. Yeah. I'm going to have to (laughs) low rise, short length. (laughs) And I'll be curious to see in our Facebook group, your Facebook group. That yeah, I am lucky. No, it's ours. Of. You're 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 a very popular. I want to start member. claiming it. I've only co-hosted one episode. <laughs> Making myself comfy over here. Amanda's um, out now. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be curious to see. Are there other people that like low rise? Like I don't know too many people yeah. that like a low rise, but and maybe they'll give you some good resources yes. for like a brand you haven't tried. I'd love that. That would be awesome. All right. Well, if any listeners reach out to let me know, I will make sure to pass the info on to you. Thank you you so much, Lauren, for joining us. This was so great. Amanda and I have both been on your podcast. So this was, this was wonderful to have you on ours. And thank you so much for being a listener from the beginning. My pleasure. It's been a joy to be here. I hope Amanda is having lots of fun in Chile and thanks for having me. Thank you. We'll see you all soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Good Enough-ish. We will be back each week with new topics, stories, tips, and personal experiences, as well as some good old friendly banter and lots of laughter. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish. 
Email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498 with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye.